1: This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from REMAX Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif. You have today's
2: first guest. Good morning, Tina. I do. Ray Ferris, Tressa Task Force Chair from the Interior Real Estate Association joins us. Ray, welcome to On The Market.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Asif. Great to be here.
2: Ray, there's a lot of anticipation built around the introduction and the launch of Tressa. And for our listeners that don't know what Tressa is, maybe you can explain it to them uh, and, and tell them what it does for the consumer.
3: Yeah, for sure. I see. Tressa actually stands for the Trust in Real Estate Services Act, which is the new name, real estate legislation in the province, formerly known as the Real Estate and Business Brokers Act. I do want to let listeners know that these changes to the legislation don't come into effect until December 1. But here's some of the big key changes for consumers. The first is consumers who were subject of bidding wars during the pandemic real estate market complained to the government that there was no transparency in real estate transactions. We heard buyers saying over and over, I don't know if I paid $100,000 or more than the second best offer that the seller received. So in response to that, here's what the government's done. They introduced legislation that allows a seller to disclose the terms of competing offers. And that's something we as realtors can't do today. But come December 1, if the seller decides that's the strategy they want to execute, they can instruct their agent to do that. That's just one of three big changes. The other, Asif, is right now in real estate. As you know, as a real estate broker, there's two types of real estate relationships. That is your client or a customer. But the government has told us that consumers are oftentimes confused about the differences between being a customer and being a client. So to alleviate any of that confusion, to make It's crystal clear about the differences between being a client or not. Customers going to be removed from the legislation entirely. And there's this new term, self-represented party. Short and sweet to make it uh, easy to understand, as of December 1, as a real estate consumer, you're either a client or you're not. And if you're not, you're on your own, you're self-represented, and you won't be getting any guidance or counsel or advice from the realtor. And then there's one more big change that I think the listeners are going to love as real estate consumers. So right now in Ontario real estate, if you're working with a realtor in a real estate brokerage as a buyer, and then that same brokerage has the property listed for sale that you want to buy, the services that the brokerage can provide you are limited. We call that multiple representation. But come December 1st, The agent that you're working with will be your agent who will be able to give you full advice, guidance, and counsel. And that's what I think consumers expect. That's what they think real estate agents do for them today. But they can't when you're working with the same realtor in the same brokerage. Those are the three big changes coming December 1.
1: They absolutely are really big changes, Ray. And they seem very much geared for the consumer. Why was this such a long time coming?
3: You know, so the current legislation in Ontario dates back to 2002. And back as 2016, the Ontario Real Estate Association started to lobby the government to modernize the act. So this all started in 2016 with the former Liberal government and it carried through to today's government. And, you know, changes like this uh, take a long time to take effect. The government consulted. Stakeholders, that's Real Estate Council of Ontario and other industry stakeholders. So there was a long consultation process to make sure that they got this legislation
2: right. And, and Ray, this is one part of the new legislation. There's going to be more. Uh, there's going to be uh, open offers that the seller can choose how the offers are presented and it may allow people to see other people's or certain parts of other people's offers so that they can make an informed decision during a multiple offer situation tell us a little bit about that
3: yeah so right now in the province we as realtors aren't allowed to share the terms of another buyer's offer with other buyers who are also competing to buy the same property but come december 1 the legislation allows a seller to instruct their listing agent to share the terms of competing offers. And it's up to the seller how little or how much that they're going to share with regards to those offers. So for example, some sellers may say, I only want you to tell the buyers that the best price on the table was X. And they don't want to tell them anything further. Other sellers may say, you know what, I want you to tell them the purchase price. I want you to tell them the closing date. I want you to tell them the size of their deposit. Others may say, I want you to tell them everything. I even want you to tell them the conditions and clauses that they've included in the agreement. So it's entirely up to the seller what information is provided to buyers. The only thing that the seller can't disclose is information that would reveal the personal identity of a buyer. And that would be obviously the buyer's name. And if the buyer had a house to sell, for example, the address of the buyer's house, because we could figure out who the buyer was from the address of their property.
1: It sounds like a lot of this is also about transparency.
3: Yeah, for sure. As I mentioned previously, buyers have been complaining for a long time that they don't know what the other offers were and therefore don't really know if they grossly overpaid for a property in comparison to the other buyers offers and then we also heard on the other side of the coin we heard buyers say oh my goodness if i knew that's what it was going to sell for i would have paid more so in response to that kind of uh, information that the government heard from real estate consumers that's why they're allowing sellers to share the contents of competing offers. Something we currently can't do today under today's legislation.
2: And just a, a side note to to the listeners: this does not guarantee that the the prices would uh, be affected in a down a negative way because the. Places that already have open offers and auctions are seeing much greater appreciation than we do in Ontario. Because if you think about it, if you know that your competition is paying $5,000 more, you're going to offer $6,000 more. So on the flip side, it could actually increase the prices of homes with an open offer process, can it? Hmm.
3: Yeah, you know what? I found I, d- I actually didn't believe that at first when this it, 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 this uh, idea was introduced here in Ontario, but surveys showed that in fact this process actually drives home prices higher in some instances. I'm a competitive guy. I don't like to lose. I could see myself getting <laughs> caught up in this frenzy and continuing to bid the price up because I'm so competitive.
2: Well, Ray, so, it so- doesn't
3: necessarily- mean we're going to see lower prices, as you said, Asif.
2: Well, hopefully you and I aren't bidding on the same home because we're both very competitive. (laughs) Uh, Ray, thanks for joining On the Market. If if our listeners want to read more about Tressa, where can they find it?
3: Yeah, the Ontario Real Estate Association has a website dedicated solely to Tressa. You can find all that information at oria.com forward slash Tressa. That's O-R-E ea.com t-r-e-s-a.
2: Ray, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining On the Market. Thank you very much.
1: After the break, the latest rental report. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. The Canadian Real Estate Association is lowering its forecast for home sales and prices this year. Due to weakness in Ontario, NBC. The association says it expects some 449,614 residential properties to trade hands via Canadian MLS systems this year, a 9.8% drop from 2022. Meanwhile, the national average home price is forecast to fall 3.3% on an annual basis to 68686 in 2023. The forecast comes as the association reports home sales in September were up 1.9% compared with the same month a year earlier. Emily Jovesky, the Canadian Press. From home sales to home rentals, and our next guest, over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties.
2: Joining us next is Giacomo Lattis from Rentals.ca. Giacomo, welcome back.
4: Oh, Thanks again. Happy to be here again.
2: Giacomo, we're looking at the September report that Rentals.ca put out, and we see that rents were up from August 1.5%, but that's 11.1% higher than last year. Tell us what's happening.
4: Exactly. So, just like you said there, we're seeing an 11.1% increase nationally from this time last year. So, the average rent right now in Canada is $2,149, and that annual rate of rent inflation is a nine-month high. Um, So, with year-over-year growth rising back into double digits, the annual rate of inflation is obviously extremely high. Um, But we are seeing a little bit of softening of the rent in some areas, and I'm happy to go into that as well.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about what it's like closer to home here in Ontario and Toronto and the GTA.
4: For sure. So in September, the annual rate of rent growth slowed actually substantially in Toronto last month, um, which may signal a broader moderation for rent inflation in the months ahead. As the economy cools down and renters face mounting affordability constraints, um, we're starting to see that some places like in Toronto, the rate in which rent is increasing is much less. Now, Year over year, it's still about a 5% increase from what it was to this time last year. Um, But month over month, it seems to be cooling off a little bit.
2: And and Jacqueline, what type of properties are you seeing the most growth in? Is it one bedroom, two bedroom? Where's that growth coming from?
4: For sure. So one bedroom apartment saw the fastest annual growth in asking rents uh, with about a 15% increase. Uh, So the average one bedroom apartment right now is just over $1,900 a month. Um, So, yeah, one bedrooms are taking the biggest hit. However, we did see a substantial increase in listings for shared accommodations, Um, and I'm happy to get into that as well, About reasons why that's happening and uh, other areas across the country.
1: Well, let's talk about those shared accommodations. It must be, you know, come down to cost, right?
4: Absolutely. Again, I get asked quite a lot, how are people affording these rents, and they're not. So renters are looking to save on costs, by obtaining roommates and property owners, these are people in the ownership market, they're also trying to mitigate the soaring mortgage payments by offering up space in their own homes for rent. And because of that, on rental.ca, the volume of listings for shared accommodations over the past three months has grown up about 30% compared to this time last year. And it's even more than that. This is a 40% increase in BC and almost an 80% increase in shared accommodation listings in Ontario. So people are looking for roommates to, to help afford somewhere to live. And again, with the mortgage rates the way they are, people's soaring payments, the options that they're turning towards is renting out rooms in their home.
2: And Giacomo, how does the soaring interest rates affect rents? Because we're seeing a lot of people sit on the sidelines on their home purchase, but it looks like they're heading into the rental market and causing a lot of competition and price growth there.
4: That's exactly it. So much of what we're seeing in the rental market is affected by the ownership market. Um, just to get some context, well, a third of total households in Canada right now are renters. It's about 5 million households. And the pace in which that's growing is twice as fast as home ownership. So there's a lot of renters in this country who I'm sure a lot of them would like to get into the home ownership space. But as we see now with what mortgage rates, interest rates are, that's kind of a pipe dream for a lot of people. So in that case, they're staying in their rentals for much, much longer. And when you have people staying in their apartments for longer, that's less turnover. When you have less turnover, that's less available units coming to market. And that's where you get into the supply and demand issue that we're seeing right now.
1: And what do you see in the months ahead?
4: Yeah, for sure. So we're, we feel like this is kind of, as we say, a kinder market conditions right now. Um, we have fewer listings right now than as we did in the peak of the summer, but also there's fewer people who normally look to move this time of year. Again, late October is a really big push for students to find apartments for the, before the new semester starts. So it's a little bit cooler of a market right now. Um, and just overall, there's a little bit less listings than we normally see in the peak of the summer. So we kind of are going to look to see if, the, if these are going to sustain a little bit. These cooler rent increases, but there is a supply and demand issue. And when that stays, we're probably going to see these rent increases increase even if it's just a little bit for the time to come.
2: Now, you were saying that Toronto and Vancouver are showing signs of a bit of a slowdown, if you want to call it, in rents. Where are the hottest areas for rentals? Yeah,
4: so that would be Nova Scotia and Alberta. They experienced the strongest rent growth of 15% each, respectively. And just for some contrast there, uh, the prairie provinces, like Saskatchewan and Manitoba, they had a slow rent growth of about 3%. So places like Nova Scotia and Alberta are much, much, much higher. What we're seeing is a massive spike in interprovincial migration. And a recent report came out by the CBC where it said that 50,000 people have left Ontario for Alberta or Atlantic Canada in the last 12 months. Um... Most people believe that's because of soaring cost of living, stagnant wages, low housing affordability. So we literally have tens of thousands of people from our province going to places like Alberta and Nova Scotia in search for affordable housing. And what does that do? Well, the more people that go into a market, the less supply there is, the more demand there is, and therefore those areas, they see an increase in rent price.
1: Now, taking a closer look at the report, Toronto finished third on the list of 35 cities for average monthly rent in September for one bedroom at $2,614 and second for the average monthly rent for a two-bedroom at 3411 What can you tell us about the other greater Toronto areas?
4: Yes, for sure. So uh, on the top of the list there, we see Oakville finishing fourth, Mississauga finishing 5th, Richmond Hill 7th, and they're all around the $2,300 to $2,500 for a one-bedroom apartment. Um, these are about 15 to 20% increase year over year. So quite the top 10 of our list. There's about 7 of them are in the GTA. Not surprisingly, we see areas like Vancouver and Burnaby um, also top the list of the top 10. But the GTA is definitely an extremely expensive place to live, and areas outside of that real downtown core are seeing this increase as people look for more affordable rents. Like, for example, somewhere like um, Markham, a one-bedroom apartment is about three to $400 cheaper than what it would be for Toronto, right? And that adds up. So because of that, there's more demand in areas such as Markham or Richmond Hill, et cetera.
2: Are there any surprises? I'm looking at this report and I see Brampton as the number three most expensive place to rent a place. Are there any surprises to you in this study?
4: What I find surprising about the study is just how quickly areas like Alberta and Nova Scotia are starting to see the rent increase. Like, yes, we're seeing increases everywhere, but if you look at Toronto, their year-over-year increase right now is about 4 to 5%, but somewhere like Calgary is seeing four or five times the, the, the rate in which their rent's increasing. It's, we're already starting to see signs of this interprovincial migration really affecting the, the rental market. Um, It's happening a little bit faster than I thought. The rates of which rents are increasing in these areas are are starting to get much higher. Um, But then again, seeing this little cooling period in Toronto, maybe this is a nice indication of what's to come and a little bit more of a milder, cooler rental season to come in the fall and winter.
2: And and lots of great information in the report by Rentals.ca. If our listeners want to see the full report, where can they find it?
4: Of course. So just if we go to rental.ca, right at the top, you'll see a big button for a rent report. And you can see that our brand new report is listed there with national, provincial, and municipal overviews for anyone to see.
2: Giacomo, thanks for the update, and we look forward to next month. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here, and we'll chat in a few
0: weeks.
1: When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market. Your questions for Asif Khan are next, and we begin with Shelly in Woodbridge, She wants to know your advice for finding the right agent to sell her home. What's the process to switch agents, and is an agent's commission negotiable? Awesome. What do you think?
2: Well, um, that would be me. (laughs) Um, Well, Shelly, there's a lot that goes into picking the right agent, and it's best to interview the agent, do some research on the agent, find out what their business, Known for and and what they do for you in terms of how they're going to market your listing. So you want to make sure that the agent you pick is going to be showcasing your property properly and at in the right channels. Because there's a lot of places that listings can be advertised. For instance, Remax is a global company and we have a global website which advertises your listing in the language of that country that people may be shopping from because there's a lot of people that are now immigrating to Canada and things like that that would want to see your listings and we've actually sold listings in the past site and seen through that website Uh, there's a lot that goes into marketing and and that's the key you want as much exposure to your property as possible so that you can get more eyeballs on it and potentially more offers on it when that time comes Uh, As for the process to switch an agent, the contracts, the minimum contracts that you would sign would be about 60 days. Now, if things are not working out, you should do your due diligence before to make sure you find the right agent that's going to be a good fit for you and your family and and to sell the property. But if things are not working out, I would have a a conversation with that agent and just say, listen, this is what we were expecting. This is what's happening. So keep those lines of communication open throughout. And the good agents will be reaching out from time to time to give you an update of what the feedback is from other agents and what they're saying. Uh, They'll do updates to make sure that you're still priced uh, properly. And uh, and then you can continue that conversation with the agent. And, And if things aren't working out, they might let you out of the deal or the broker of record for that company will assign another agent that may be a better fit from that company because what you're signing is you're signing with the brokerage, not really that agent. The agents are representative of the brokerage. So your next step would be to contact the broker of record and have the same conversation with him and and see what the options are there. Uh, Commission, of course, is negotiable. So you can always have that conversation beforehand when you're interviewing agents and see what they're going to provide because it's a... It, you it, you could get cheaper commission, and that may mean there's less services. So make sure the value is there for what you're paying for rather than just go basic uh, uh, calculations on what that number is. Because even though it may be a little bit higher than what you're comfortable paying or want to pay, if you can see the value in paying that and it's going to get you a net result that's greater than what you anticipated in the end, then it's worth it. So uh, you, there's a lot of due diligence to do there and having the right agent, they'll be able to explain that to you. All right, great answers. Paula from Markham wants to know, the additional costs when purchasing a home, how much should be budgeted? Awesome. So they general say between 2 and 3% should be budgeted for extra costs, but the main costs are going to be your land transfer tax. And it's uh, weighted, so the more expensive your home is, the more land transfer tax you're going to pay. Plus, there's legal fees, there's title insurance. So, title insurance uh, and all of the releases for mortgages and land registry, all of those are usually bulked into a a um, a real estate lawyer's disbursements. So, you'd have to take a look at what those would be. But budgeting about two or three uh, percent, and then you know knowing what your land transfer tax would be, that's basically. The uh, payments that you'd make. Now, if you're buying pre construction, it's a little bit different. So there's going to be significant closing costs. So you have to make sure that you take a look at that contract it's preferable to go in with a realtor to pre-construction places to make sure that you can negotiate the closing costs down. And these could be development charges, it could be additional closing costs at the end, but you want to make sure what you're signing and you know what you're signing in terms of what the closing costs would be on pre-construction because those could be significant. Is the land transfer tax applied in every market? Yes, it is. And it's different. In Toronto, it would be double because Toronto has their own land transfer tax. So if you're buying in the 905 or the 519, you would save half of that land transfer tax. And if you're a first-time buyer, you get credits towards land transfer tax. So there's a lot that goes into that calculation and we'd be able to help out uh, with that purchase when uh, or that amount when you're making your purchase. As a reminder, if you have questions for on the market,
1: hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that?
2: They can call me at 416-985-5426. That's 416-985-CON.
1: If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening.